And so the simple frame was, I was asking myself, how could I take what I know how to do and help, you know, an order of magnitude more entrepreneurs? And that has become the sort of fire, the seed for what day one is, is what we're building day one to be. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. It's Rick Nusky, I'm your host, and I'm also the luckiest person on this planet to be able to host the show and talk with incredibly talented individuals who are making a difference uh, in their world for those around them. And just wanna say thank you for all your wonderful feedback. It's, it's great knowing that the show is making a difference for you. Now, with all that being said, welcome to the show, Andrew Hutton. Uh, Rick, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yes. Now, uh, for those who don't know much about Andrew, you absolutely soon will. He is the founder of a organization called Day One, and we are going to be talking about a whole host of entrepreneurial related topics. But before we do that, Andrew, it's usual for us to stop and talk a little bit about founders as the individuals themselves away from the business. I'm wondering if you could, I guess, uh, start off uh, telling us uh, where you're located in the world. Absolutely. Uh, I am here in Brooklyn, New York. Um, uh, been a New Yorker since 2012 or so, so getting up to my 10-year mark uh, milestone. And uh, yeah, I've been here through most of my career transitions from a consultant to the startup world to now in the last just um, under a year now uh, launching day one. Fantastic. Now, we often like to talk about um, the private life in terms of any recreational uh, pursuits that you have. Do you enjoy sports? Do you do anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I uh, sports are a fun, big part of it. I feel um, in the sort of pandemic life that we're hopefully nearing the tail end of, it's uh, it's been... Um, you know, there was that time over the summer where everything shut down, and then and then when things came back, it was uh, yeah, it, it's been a, a, a good reprieve, if you will, to sort mm. of uh, rally around and sort of have a have an escape. But yeah, I love to uh, get outside um, here in the city. It's always fun to even just walk around the block and just sort of see all the you know the dynamism of the of the city and mm -hmm. what's happening, even in my part of Brooklyn or or back into uh, Manhattan and uh, hanging with friends and going to, you know, all the city has to offer is sort of um, kind of sort of a baseline, although that has been much harder this year than than usual. Absolutely so, and I think that's uh, obviously a global experience, unfortunately. Now, given the, that we've talked about a little bit about the pandemic, I'd like to talk about that in a little while in terms of how it's affected uh, uh, people's entrepreneurial journeys, but um, I'd like to understand a little bit more about how it was um, that you got to day one by I guess unwrapping a bit of your own entrepreneurial journey. Would would you be able to share a bit about that with us? Yeah. So my entrepreneurial journey started at uh, you know the firm I was working at for for about three or so years before launching day one. So I had the great fortune to work at uh, a really top tier venture capital firm um, in New York City called Human Ventures, and Human Ventures is a startup studio. So you know a venture studio um, and. You know the business model is, is uh, unique isn't the right word because there's a lot of venture studios and they're growing in popularity but mm -hmm. the um the way the model works is we would be building 
the startups that we eventually invested in. So it's a venture capital firm with 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 building at its core as its core function. And yeah. I was brought on in 2017 uh, to um, be part of a very small build team. And so we were essentially in, in conceiving and designing and testing and launching startups um, on repeat. That was our business, our thing to do. Yeah. And so over the course of two and a half or three or so years, um, I got a lot of reps in. I was able to really practice all the steps in the, you know, build out my toolkit and all the, all the entrepreneurial muscles that go into starting a business by being the player coach that was guiding these entrepreneurs and these businesses through their, their early days. And so it was really getting those reps that I got to see, this is how a business is built. This is what's hard about it. This is where, you know, even very experienced founders start to, um, you know, this is where their gaps shine through. And this is how different entrepreneurs do this very differently. So uh, it didn't take long for me to come away with a somewhat unique perspective of how to help founders from zero to one in the very beginning. Um, and then fast forward a little bit to the beginning of this year, it was, you know, actually pre-pandemic. Um, and I was just thinking about where do, how can I take what I've been you know, this, this unique set of skills, if you will. Mm -hmm. And how can I help more entrepreneurs? Right. I was getting a little, you know, starting to realize that entrepreneur or venture capital, right. Venture capital as an industry, you know, a driver of innovation, you know, a, a, a force for good, but in the end really only serves and really only is a fit for a small slice of the entrepreneurial pie, like a really small slice of the entrepreneurial pie. Yeah. And the vast majority of entrepreneurs aren't anywhere near venture capitalists. They're not in Silicon Valley. They're not in New York City. And so the simple frame was, I was asking myself, how could I take this, you know, what I know how to do and, and, and help, you know, an order of magnitude more entrepreneurs. And that has become the sort of fire, the seed for what day one is, is what we're building day one to be. Yeah, I've been um, looking at your journey on your website and there's some, some great feedback on there and um, you're doing some great work. Now, I wonder, I often think about this, I think, can a lifelong employee become a successful entrepreneur, do you think? I I absolutely think so. And, and it's obviously um, the more ingrained you are in, in, in being great at a certain thing, yes, it's harder to then take a leap to go try something else. But here's the sort of reality that whether you're, you know, a 22-year-old college grad or a 62-year-old, um, you know, seasoned um, um, career uh, worker, yep. it's that we're, we're not taught entrepreneurship really anywhere, whether it's in school or in our jobs. Entrepreneurship, most of the skills and most of the mindsets and the muscles that you need to be an entrepreneur um, are, are not taught anywhere, are anywhere. Every entrepreneur has learned them on their own. And it's uh, and it, it kind of boggles my mind that yeah. you know even business schools, you know almost especially business schools, they're teaching to go back to that career and how to climb that ladder a little faster, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and so no, I, I kind of don't think it matters whether you're 22, 32, 42, 50, anywhere yep. along your career because we're all all first-time entrepreneurs are learning from scratch, um, and you could say. You know, a, a younger entrepreneur has less to unlearn. Very true. Um, maybe they're closer to new technology. That's exciting. Um, but an older entrepreneur has lived experience. They know what's wrong in an industry or they've gone through life and no problems and um, think, you know, needs that need to be filled. And so 
so really there's uh yeah there's definitely no one spot that says this is <laughs> where entrepreneurs must come from yeah there's a perspective isn't it it's uh it's one of those things i'd love to talk about technology later on as it applies to uh, entrepreneurship and starting a business but um we all know that when we start a business that things do get tough and i wonder where uh our mindset should be and, and some of the things that we should be thinking thinking about when things aren't going our way what what's your take on that my first my first reaction to that is is entrepreneurship is going to be in building anything new is going to be not only will it be a new thing for you regardless of where you're coming from it'll be a hard thing and it will yeah. require resilience um, it's a function of the fact that you're putting something new into the world and the world whether it's a market or a set of customers or whatever it might be has inertia they don't want new things and yes you know you're trying to the goal of an entrepreneur is to create that new thing that solves you know scratches an itch and that you know people just rave about when they know it but but no there's there's a lot of inertia to the world new things don't get adopted you know easily and immediately and um you know i i started i've started to tell every entrepreneur because i feel this you know even not even quite a year into building day one that it's going to take longer than you think and so mentally prepare uh, mentally prepare for that, um, financially prepare for that. And, um, and, and yeah, it's going to be longer, which is, I think the first thing it's also going to have many more ups and downs than you think. And, uh, and you definitely need to have whether it's routines or the people around you to, to help maintain it. And, um, and yeah, it's, uh, it, it requires a lot of resilience. Uh, I also don't think it has to be quite as hard as it is because, you know, everything I just said is about building in the wild, right? It's, it's about this sort of, the, we understand that entrepreneurship is this lonely experience, but let's just maybe ask a provocative question. Does it have to be, right? Does it have to be that lonely? Can it be easier? Again, I don't think you, you can, absolutely cannot reduce away all the difficulty of, of entrepreneurship. There's no way this can become a cookie cutter process, no. right? Um, as much as we'd like it to be. But, you know, there are ways uh, to um, kind of fill some of that, those gaps and at least give entrepreneurs a, a, a better shot of making it and being successful along the way. You talked a little bit about um, the people around you there, and I think that's a good segue into the, mm. I guess, much of the core of this call, but we'll come back to that very thing in a moment. But I'd like to ask you, Andrew, who inspires you at the moment? Ooh, that's a great question. It's, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that don't just go along with the, the flow. They sort of speak truth and they kind of cut past the, you know, the narratives that are out there and the mm -hmm. sort of, I don't know, the, the hype cycle. There's a lot of hype in entrepreneurship. And, um, and I, uh, yeah, and I, I, I gravitate towards folks who can, who can sort of see past it. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, there's a, it's really folks who are, you, you wouldn't know them, right? I'm, I'm immediately thinking of some collaborators who I've come into, I've come to know in building day one because you know people are so supportive. You know, there's a few folks. Um, again, I'm not gonna throw names out there. You're not gonna know them. Howard Gray, Brian Dell, Jesse Morris, right? Yep. These are people in my kind of corner who have been along for the ride. Um, who you know, when I get them on the phone, it's it's half therapy, half strategy session because you know they uh, they speak truth. They they're they're you know, commiserators because they're entrepreneurs themselves. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, uh, and yeah, they, they, 
they know the game enough to look past the hype and uh, it's very grounding that's very refreshing to hear that because you know it's not necessarily these high flying um hype the up. elon musks or yeah. amazon or, or jeff bezos yeah. like there's other people can, out there believe it or not yeah and you can take some some you know you know the way elon musk kind of doesn't care or the way you know jeff bezos was you know just so methodical and you know strategic but um you know i find i don't know i'm just drawn to a form of entrepreneurship and like the people doing it that that are just that much more real right who who don't and uh, yeah hype is, is one of the words but it's even even yes you need to be strategic and you need to sort of brush it off and not care but you know entrepreneurs are just normal people right <laughs> the mm. majority of us are not going to be celebrities along the way doing extraordinary can, things no but we can create lasting you know businesses create wealth create impacts create mm-hmm. you know solve people's problems and uh and yeah i feel yeah, there's a new narrative for entrepreneurship that, that we're trying to, uh, you know, I think be a part of. We're not the only voices saying it. This is wonderful. There's so many links to further conversation that I want to have with you. And um, it going back a couple of steps uh, with the people that you surround yourself with, you have this, uh, uh, this idea of fellowship. And I, I wonder um, how this came about and why it's so important for the things that you're doing at day one. Yeah, it, it really is at the bottom so important the idea that um we're bringing together entrepreneurs to go along this journey and and it's it's by design right i i've, I've thought a lot about okay you know in my in my days post human ventures mm-hmm. i could probably go coach some founders i could probably go be a guru or have a roster and be and, and do that so that could be my business and you know one, I, I, I didn't like how <laughs> unscalable that felt, mm-hmm. right? I wanted yeah. to actually reach many, many more entrepreneurs and, you know, coaching as, as important and, and great as coaching and therapy are, it's expensive and models that help um, get get more folks, more access. And I think day one is that, the idea of the, com- the community does drive that scalability. But ultimately, I don't know everything that you need to know as an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm, you know, a good coach is, is usually just good at asking the right questions and being a, a mirror and a sounding board. Um, and at that, I think I'm pretty good. But mm-hmm. if you want to, you know, go deep with somebody who, you know, navigated all the regulations of setting up a healthcare business, or you want to talk to somebody who's, you know, a growth marketer, who's, you know, amazing at reaching, you know, suburban, you know, moms or something like that. That's not me in particular. I know enough to be dangerous, and you know, I might. <laughs> but right, and right now, I probably. And I, but I'd say my biggest advantage is I know enough to bring the right people together. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's get more people around you. And so, so ultimately, the foundational idea of a fellowship is that there's a diver- everyone has this diverse diverse set of experiences, and everyone has something to give. Whether it's a bit of advice from their corporate career, whether it's a connection to somebody, whether it's um, yeah, just a bit of wisdom or even a shoulder to, you know, cry on or brainstorm with, you know, bringing people together is the catalyst, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And it's the ongoing catalyst, right? If, if you build a relationship with somebody, not only will they, you know, help you grow inside of a, you know, eight week program like day one, mm-hmm. but they'll be with you down the road, right? It's the gift that keeps on giving. And so, and so, yeah, we know we're kind of helping people build really long-lasting value and foundations when we, when we bring them together. And fellowship is just one of the best words for it, right? Because it's yeah, like more it. than community. It's mm. it's more than 
just uh, a class, right? It's, yeah, it's a fellowship. <laughs> yeah, no, it's excellent. Uh, I've not heard it before. You often do hear community and it's such a, a worn out statement, isn't it? Community, let's it build is. a community. It's um, bland and boring almost. <laughs> it is, and it's, it's because community, well, one, you're right, it's just been overused and, you know, 2020, you know, the, the, the worlds that I, or the, you know, the circles that I follow on Twitter and, and you know, the news, you know, community had a, had a peak because, you know, we all lost a lot of our community. We lost a lot of our contact oh, yeah. and our connection. Yeah. And, and so we needed to find ways to get it back. And there are a lot of, you know, builders inside and outside of Silicon Valley creating tools for communities or new communities, but there's something about having purpose, not just purpose, but, you know, functional direction mm-hmm. to a group of people. So we're here for a reason, right? Not just because we're the same in a certain way or, yeah. um, you know, have certain likes, but we have certain goals. And, and if you can make the, and if those, and if, and if the people together can achieve those goals better together than apart, then you have something special. I think then you have something worth getting into and you can attract people and you can attract more people and better people. Um, and that's what that's that's what we're trying to build. So it is it is a special type of community, but we try to get we try not to say that <laughs> word because then we get lost in the shuffle. Oh yeah. When when you talk about education, I also like to get um, the founders' perspective on how important education is and what is your uh, your modus operandi, if you like, for educating yourself and should it be an ongoing process? I love that question, and uh, it's something that you know. I I think about a lot with with day one because you know as much as day one is a functional community a fellowship for builders entrepreneurs building something mm-hmm. um, so much of what helps an entrepreneur be better well you know goes back to that first thought which is everybody the first time they build something the first time they're a founder is a novice every time and so you have to go up a learning curve and so especially for entrepreneurs we're always learning right mm-hmm. we're, we're learning these skills for the first time and then once we practice those skills if we're going to go innovate in a new area or build something new we have to go learn about that new thing right and so i'd say more so than you know the the public writ large entrepreneurs need to be lifelong learners need to be curious to a fault and um and, it, and it's curiosity mixed with you know i call it rigor which is sort of very curious, but also skeptical, right? Why is that? Must that be true, right? That's, let me understand what's going on here. So curious, but then uh, not just sort of a dilettante, but very, very um, kind of rigorous in, in what they come to know and, and how they might do something about it. But, but yeah, personally, I've, uh, I think I found a hack, which is I get to talk with dozens of entrepreneurs <laughs> seems weekly, whether it's folks who are asking about day one or coming through our, our application pipeline, um, or, or just in, you know, I, I continue to, to recruit mentors into our program. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I, I, I have my own version of day one in the building of day one, which is bringing, you know, my, my own fellowship together. And, and, you know, I, I say all that, but then I also know that I struggle with being, um, you know, a, a, an open and honest learner, right? I think, yeah. you know, 
you know, the caveat to everything I just said is that an entrepreneur has to be a believer and has to sort of put their blinders on and say, I know this thing to be true. And that's pretty dangerous. Right. Mm. And, um, and I fall into that sometimes I'm like, okay, I must be the kind of owner of this passion and this vision, um, where it's, uh, it's much more important to sort of be the, not naive, but a kind of, like I said, curious person who, 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 uh, wants to know. Right. And so instead of just living in the status quo, so I think it's, I think it is people and conversations are the best ways to learn, um, and having more and interesting ones and having, uh, in, 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 you know, leaving space, not being the talker, but the listener as often as possible. Um, I don't know, there's a book out there that's probably good or an article, but part of what I, um, that goes into, again, that's kind of a, a belief that I've cultivated over the last, uh, six to nine months is, is there is more than an overload of written and recorded information out there. Oh, yeah. And it's much more about how you, uh, and we're, we're contributing to it, So, <laughs> but I'm not going to get too uh, upset about it, but mm-hmm. it's much more important to digest it and be batted bat it around with people and um, internalize it and put it into practice. So, you know, I think, I think that's a great dovetail because you talked about um, being curious and uh, willing to, you know, take risks and all these things, but then, what about application and what about um, accountability? How does that play a part in your fellowship? It's uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you taking me there because the the you know learning is eighty percent putting what you've maybe learned. I use air quotes around that mm-hmm. in terms of what you've you've heard or, or sort of understood and putting it into practice, uh, especially when it's a properly new thing. Whether it's again that new skill for you or a new problem you're solving um yeah you have to be doing it you have to be practicing and uh the it is pedagogy the pedagogy behind our program is to turn uh is to take some the guesswork away um in terms of what to do next a lot of entrepreneurs find themselves in either you know analysis paralysis or uncertainty and so they don't do as much as they should but entrepreneurs really should be engines of doing and learning therefore by doing. And that's what we get founders to do inside of day one. We take away some of the, a lot of the guesswork and say, we're just gonna guide you through the steps that we know you need to do. Mm. And we know will be foundational for your business. And we know as you do them and do them in community with others and ask both good and dumb questions and <laughs> interact with people who are at your same stage and people who are a few stages ahead of you that you're going to learn. Uh, and it's the best way to do it. Um, I remember back to my grad school learning design thinking for the first time. And the only thing I remember is the studios where we put it into practice. Right. Um, and, uh, and all the, all the things I learned along the way as a consultant and then a builder, um, it stacks up over time. And, and yeah, my, it feels like my job is just to get people to do the things that I know they need to do. And, you know, reduce cognitive dissonance or load yep. when people are not sure what to do next or, you know, just help them take that next step. It, 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 it really starts to breed, breed a flywheel, right? It, it creates a kind of compounding effect. There's something that I'm taking from this. It's, um, it's an uplifting environment with um, like-minded individuals trying to achieve an outcome. They're there to be helpful, but it's also a safe environment. Would you, would you agree with that? Absolutely. So much of learning. And again, it's the, it's, it's a fundamental essence of entrepreneurship that you're going to fail. If, if, 
if you were only doing things that you knew would succeed, you wouldn't be an entrepreneur because <laughs> you wouldn't be doing anything new. No. So, so you absolutely are about, are about to fail. And, and it's only folks who understand that failure is not fatal. And I, I mean, like really understand it, that they then take those risks. So, I mean, our, the first week, the first module in our program is getting people to ship something, something very simple, a little essay about themselves, but get them to get it out there. And there's actually a zero chance of failure, but we want to practice get folks practicing the motion of launching and, and putting things out so that and feeling it and feeling it. And it's not failure. They're, they literally cannot fail, but you know, mm, they might mm. have a few crickets, right? It might not feel like what they thought it would feel like, but they need to get over these humps of what it's going to, what is, what are people going to think? Will anyone like it? What's it going to be like? And, and you just start. And so um, that's foundational to our program. And and yeah, we create a safe space inside the program. We create, uh, you know, our pro the folks, you know, that community, that fellowship of fellows mm -hmm. um, reaches outside the program and everybody is cheering each other on. It's it's like having your own, yeah, it's like having your team and your your cheerleader squad all around you um, as you build. I like, which... that. I like that idea <laughs> of, um, you know, shipping your idea. I mean, that concept is not new, but actually getting that done and then ultimately you're contributing to I guess you'd call it perception management oh absolutely it's 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 been it's been kind of bantied about a bit maybe more so in you know this this year than than I've ever seen it before but but yeah by building in public you both you both create momentum and create accountability for yourself uh, but you also create fans or you might create customers or you you create you get feedback and it uh no, nothing good happens on the safe side of shipping that thing. Nothing. Nothing is learned. Nothing is earned. Um, and again, found fundamental to entrepreneurship, all the values on the other side of that, on the other side of a conversation with somebody you don't know, on the other side of putting that thing out there. And so, and so really day one is about getting folks to ship and interact that's it that <laughs> i it. didn't say that's it there's a whole <laughs> yeah. lot to oh, it but oh, to still it down <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely Ship, interact i've been, been loving this call uh, andrew thank you so very much for opening up now i i want to uh, talk a little bit about the type of entrepreneurs that the mm. program would attract and i and i asked this because i think to myself if somebody's a uh, an early stage entrepreneur they're in the startup phase where they're starting to plan and put together a business idea um how important um, is I guess planning if they're that person is that the type of entrepreneur that you work with? Yeah, it's a uh, it's a, it's a really great question. The, the first thing that I I that that powers me that fuels me is to 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 create a space for entrepreneurs of many types, right? Mm -hmm. And and to be fair, that's not necessarily good executional advice. It's all about focus. It's all about like, having one customer that you serve, but part of our mission is to be uh, a place where not just the the founder of the you know Silicon Valley TV show mm -hmm. can go right you don't have to be in a hacker house in Silicon Valley to be to be a day one founder so um, and and I'd say the first the biggest thing that means is you don't have to just be building a technology rocket ship right you don't have to just be building a new internet um, to be a fit it's day one is is really here for all the different types of entrepreneurs whether they're building a coaching business or an agency and it's a services business whether it's a physical product whether it's food or a new suitcase whether it's technology but maybe uh you're not intending to grow that big or that fast you know technology has you know you can build micro SaaS, you can build all sorts of different ways a marketplace 
there's, there's really every kind of business. Um, and the, the reason why that diversity fits at day one is because at the earliest stage, at the, fun, at the seed stage, and I, and I mean that literally, at the very inception, mm-hmm. at the gestation, everyone has to do the same stuff. You know, and as, as, as you get the fundamentals, the the fundamentals, and as you go down the road, there's a divergence. Yeah. Someone building a healthcare business will have a very different activity a year in than somebody building a a food business. That's true. Right. Mm -hmm. But at day one, it's actually all the same. And I promise that in fact, it's better together because there's, there's a, there's a specialness in having different perspectives from healthcare to CPG applying to similar to collaborating together and, and helping each other. So, so the first answer is, is yeah, we're, we're really here to celebrate all different types of entrepreneurship, whether it's venture backed or not. Um, I would say we specialize in helping folks who are, who are new to entrepreneurship, right? Who um, might have storied careers, might have superpowers in another industry, but are just getting their feet wet when it comes to entrepreneurship. Because again, those fundamentals, um, if you haven't learned them, it's important to come to a safe space that's thoughtful about teaching them mm-hmm. to be fair i he, here's a lesson i learned from human ventures right so at human ventures we were working with exceptional founders multi-time founders founders with 100 million dollar exits under their belts founders with multiple startups under their belts um they needed everything that we offered them <laughs> every single <laughs> one of these exceptional founders needed me to be an, a confidant an accountability partner pushing them, teaching them things, getting them to do uncomfortable stuff. I, it, it honestly doesn't matter. Um, and, and, and I saw us at Human Ventures pass up working with some first-time founders, some younger founders who have gone on to build amazing things. Mm. And, and it was a really firsthand uh, kind of lesson that um, to, not, to not underestimate people, not bet against folks who are new to entrepreneurship, but also everybody needs this. Everybody needs this. And you know, we're new. Um, we, uh, you know, at some point, I see day one being an institution like Techstars or Y Combinator. That's kind of grandiose talk, but mm-hmm. you know, to the point where there's, um, uh, yeah, every single founder coming up, whether you're a new first-time founder or just a, a, a veteran, will recognize that you need to start with a with a fellowship a family at your back right and yeah. so and so it's it's there's a lot to that i i i, I oh it's very definitely... <laughs> very difficult very difficult to unwrap uh, lots about this program i i do have another question for you if you don't mind i, I was wondering Please. uh andrew what do you think given the the state of the world and the wonderful technology that we have available to us what do you think technology and entrepreneurship what do you think their relationship will be over the next decade? Yeah, I, uh, I, I think it's going to, what we're going to see is here, here's the frame that I, that I usually take into this. It's that, you know, technology, there will continue to be sort of game changing front, front edge leading technology, like the rockets going to Mars Mm -hmm. and, 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 and AI and, and things like that. Those will continue to be, develops and that's important for pushing our world forward right but for the vast majority of of entrepreneurs and in vast majority of tech it's that um we're in this thing you'd call it the the the, the deployment phase you'd say technology for most software has developed and matured to a spot where it can be applied to 
pretty much every industry. Mm-hmm. And so we're living in a moment where um, take the most backward looking industries, take the most paper driven process, software will go eat that. And, you know, software eating the world is, is a almost decade old um, kind of statement, mm-hmm. but it's no longer, there's something important about the fact that it's gone from being novel and and kind of part of the rocket ship to being now part of the sort of um, kind of expanse across the whole economy. The fabric so, of, of business. The fabric of business, right? And so I think there's two major impacts that's going to happen. One is you're going to be able to, to create a, a business solving the most minute problem using software and, and have it be a legitimate real business because there's so many ways to deploy or, or to, to reach customers in new ways. There's so many ways to build that software very cheaply and very efficiently. Um, so you're going to see every single aspect of business get taken over by, by software. Um, you're also going to be see these platforms come up. They already exist, whether it's Shopify um, for, for e-com or... Um, the list goes um, on, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's there's every single type of marketplace that allows entrepreneurs to you know sell their goods that they're creating in their in their kitchens to um, yeah. So so it, 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 you're basically going to have this this Cambrian explosion of small entrepreneurs who do the, who do their thing, whether it's as a side hustle or a just a solo entrepreneur or the beginnings of a small to big startup in the proper sense. So, I mean, I hope that what technology has enabled is that entrepreneurship becomes a very common thing. <laughs> right? oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, um, I remember the days where, you know, um, things weren't just the way they are today. There was no smartphones. There was The world was a very different place. It's become so much more efficient, hasn't it? And, and we're, 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 we're a long way there. You're totally right. It's... Uh, it, it is night and day in terms of how people coming, not just out of, you know, Stanford or, um, you know, the Ivy leagues want to be entrepreneurs, but it's, it's everywhere. It's, it's shark tank. It's, um, but it's going to even, it's going to continue to go. Um, and, and people are going to find, you know, I, I hope it comes back to education and how we educate folks at the, at the grade school level, right. Much less college and beyond. Right. Fantastic. I hope that, um, you know, the fabric of the career journeys we go on, start to look more palatable to people taking time to go build something and then you know going back in to learn a different industry and then coming back out to try something new it's uh yeah it's kind of a brave new you know frontier for the fabric of our you know honestly our economy and uh it's it's a very accelerating in 2020 it's it's 2021 right now but it it accelerated last year and it's going to continue to accelerate for certain our time is flying. I tell you what, that was a year that I'm not, not too not too worried about saying goodbye to it. This has been a a hand in glove conversation, Andrew, and I'm very privileged, and as are the my future business audience, to uh, hear some of your insights. Uh, thank you very much for sharing. Now, at the pointy end of the call, I'd love to um, share a little bit about how people can get involved with Day One. What what is the process, and and how are they going to find you? Absolutely. So easiest way is to, if you search for us, uh, you'll find us, but joindayone.com is, is where we live on the web. And uh, we are running cohorts. Um, so it's a cohort-based model, which means we group fellows together into um, a start date and run an eight-week program, after which you're an alumni for life and you know, you're in the family and we, we 
um, are, are building community and services and resources. But the eight week program is the sort of flagship for day one and for this entrepreneurial and being a launch pad for entrepreneurial journeys. And we run these programs, these cohorts about once a quarter right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll, we'll likely speed that up, but maybe not until the tail end of 2021. And so we, um, yeah, we're launching a program uh, this month at the end of January. We're going to be launching another one in the middle of quarter two and onward into quarter three and, you know, towards the end of this year. And so, and so uh, the last piece, I guess, is that it's an application process. We mm -hmm. are being very intentional about um, the community, actually the members of our fellowships. And so um, it's a pretty simple process to apply. It's always a free application. Um, but we're, we're here for serious fellows and founders, right? Folks who really want to invest in themselves to both level up as well as build something um, or try it out or feel out entrepreneurship. And so we're much more focused on potential and, you know, and, and ambition than pedigree. Um, we, we focus on folks at the very beginning. So it doesn't matter if your idea is good or bad. We're, we're here to help you make it better. Um, and might that mean dropping a bad idea? Yes. Um, hope that or accelerating a good idea, of course. Of course. Now, it's um, it's one of these ventures. Um, if you've not seen or uh, visited uh, joindayone.com, uh, make sure you do so because if you're a startup entrepreneur and you're looking to get involved in a fellowship like this, um, I'm sure if you've listened to this call, you're very excited as I am about this opportunity. And with that, I will be making joindayone.com link available to you below this post. No matter where you see or hear this call, uh, you'll find that link back to Andrew and his team. And with that all being said, Andrew, thank you so very much for spending some time with me on the My Future Business Show today. Rick, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.